So hello guys, my name is Sam and with me is Martin. Uh, the podcast is called Truth Possessions. We'll be having talks around faith and business and and even leadership and we'll be seeing what truth there is and we are not looking at what is right, what feels right, but we'll be diving into what is right, not just in our eyes but in the eyes of the Lord. So yes, and today we've decided to begin with the book of Proverbs chapter 3. That's where you're getting us from. Kindly subscribe to the podcast. We'll be making releases at least once a week as we see the way forward. Karabunisana. Maybe Martin can say hi before we go more. Martin, you can say hi. If you see video. Oh, how are you? My name is Martin. And I'm so excited to be part of this podcast. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for subscribing to this podcast. We hope to learn together because we are in the process of learning. Uh, God bless you so much. Thank you. Yes. Now I guess we can delve right into the scriptures. I think the best we can do is we first read five verses. And then we stop, and then we look at them. Yeah, so I'll read them up loud so easy as we say. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and tranquility and prosperity, they will add to you. Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. That is the word of the Lord. Yeah, so I think uh, Martin can take us through. So first, let's look at verse 1. My son, what can this... Let's understand who, who is the son being referred to in this context of Proverbs 3, who was the son, and only in the scriptures, who is the son, the smallest. And so Martin, you can take us right into it. You just yeah, you can bear with us as we are as we are reading the scriptures and you are praying about it and you are getting more notes. So just hold there as you also analyze this with us. Uh, I think my perspective according to this scripture uh, is that uh, uh, whoever was uh, this book is written by David. This some of David. Yeah. So I suppose that David was speaking to uh, one of his spiritual sons. Because he's saying, I son do not forget my teaching. Then it means there's something that he must have taught his son. Yeah. And that yeah. is, I think, what we are about to learn. Yeah. Uh, like in the next few verses, uh, who is talking about keeping my commandments or keeping the commandments in this. 
but keep my commandments in your heart. So he's talking about something that he had taught his son. That is the commandments that he's talking about. So uh, one of them is, and he, now he begins by talking uh, by talking about the benefits of now keeping the commandments. And this I believe are the laws of the Lord. So he says some of the benefits in the prolonged life or many years. Uh, many years, not just many years, but many years of peace and prosperity. And also, uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. that's the bit I got from the two verses. Okay, so I've gotten something from my resources. And it says, in the biblical language, the word son is used first of all in its strictly literal sense of male or, yeah, or male issue or offspring. In a few cases in the Old Testament, as in Genesis 3.16, kindly go us, take us there, Genesis 3.16, it says, and Jeremiah 17, verse 2, Genesis 3.16, I'll do Jeremiah 17, verse 2. Genesis, when you're there, you just read it. To the woman, he said, I will make you, I make your pains in childbearing last a very severe. Mm -hmm. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so. This is a scripture referring to, to you know to giving birth, right? No. Yes. So it's basically a child of a parent. And I think and I and, and, and I think just to bring no question to a world, not everyone can read this scripture from three. Because there are so many people walking out here fatherless in terms of the spiritual, you know, spiritual reality perspective. We have people who are not born again. We have people who believe in other gods. So, and we also have Christians who are very carnal. So, if you're reading this book, Proverbs three, you have to be qualified in a certain way that you are a son, because that is the introduction, my son. And I think, and I think, that is why people will come arguing the Bible facts. Oh, why is God so strict? Or why should I respect my parents even when they are bad people? Or why should I uh, why why should I honor my father yet he is a bad husband and a bad father? But you now the context of the law of God is for a specific kind of thing. So now for Proverbs three to work for you, you have to be son. Any any input? Of a relationship with father son, and 
confused the rest of the population from Yeah, yes. And in fact, um, uh, when uh, when we can go back to Genesis one twenty six, uh, the Bible says, "Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness." That is not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea. Now let us stood for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And 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 yeah, of course, this is in capital letters, Father, Son. But I think. I think the whole the, 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 the way God works is that He is like we have a hierarchy of order. We have fathers and we have sons, and and God respects that a lot. That though we know God is triune, He still has a Father, a Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, maybe in time we will we will discuss this more and see why we need to have a Father, a Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in fact, in the Book of Proverbs. Solomon speaks a lot of a father and a son, father and a son, a father and a son. And sometimes the question can be, uh, where is the place of a woman? Or does Bible stand when it says son? Does it speak for all genders? Is the Bible gender sensitive or or, 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 anything, or, or anything of the sort? So I think the word son is very keen. And I think that's why sometimes we struggle to reach the mark. Because you want to come from wherever you want to come from. You maybe you spend your week doing sin, maybe you've spent your week insulting people, but then you come on a Sunday morning and you're acting all religious. But but this scripture and the word of God doesn't work like that. It's not like a constitution that you can just apply it wherever you feel. I think the context of being a Christian is so is so deep than even you think about it. Yeah, because Sometimes we, we just think you can walk in and out of a church and it makes you a Christian. So I think the word son questions the foundation of any Christian. That when you got born again, did you understand sonship? Did you understand your place as a Christian? And as I've had arguments going back and forth with a lot of uh, modern day preachers, when, when, when you call someone to say the prayer of salvation, is that just it? Can salvation be that simple? Just asking us ourselves. But can it just be that I am a sinner, I have killed people, I have lied, then I just come to your church after someone just tell me, come here and repeat these words after me. Is that the true... How, how does this question, without being very, you know, without being very, you know, I don't know what, <laughs> correct, maybe unpopular. How can can the way to heaven be that simple? That I just come, I I I, I repeat the prayer of salvation, and I'm good to go. So does that make me a son? Are all Christians sons? Yeah. So, so maybe I know as I'm speaking, someone is being stirred up in the spirit and they're thinking about your life, and that is the intention of truthization. We want to really delve into those things we know uh, are critical and one is talk about them. You know, sometimes when you think about the word of God, he says the way the road to heaven is narrow. And if we look at the, the percentage of people in the world who are Christians, I am sure Matthew can, can check for us, out of the 7 billion people in the world, how many people affiliate themselves as Christians? And then we ask ourselves, is that narrow enough? 
are we walking a myth or maybe are we just having our own Uh, I think um, the term that you mentioned about the how the type of toxic is the way to uh, I think most of us or most people would ask, was it is it deliberate that very few people should make it together? Or why should we have the narrow kit? The 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 scripture that talks about the way to share it is narrow. But I think, uh, according to me, is uh, it's not the literal meaning. Uh, what I understand, what I understand is uh, what the scripture tries to insinuate is the way to heaven is not what maybe we think. Maybe it's small, small things that we neglect that most people don't see. It's not even uh, being over righteous or something that depends yeah. on our own personal righteousness. Yeah. It's based on what Jesus did on the cross. And also on our part is a small, a small aspects, small uh, acts of kindness, small things that probably we don't see. Yeah. Maybe the small thing we overlook. Like when you consider when Jesus was talking to the rich man and asking, uh, the rich man was asking, Jesus, what should I do to enter the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus replied by saying, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and then follow me. So the rich man was hesitant, not able to, uh, to, uh, to consent to that, because maybe he was not able to separate his heart from his possessions. Because I think I don't know whether it's the same or the Bible or it's the Bible that says uh, where the heart is, oh, where uh, your heart is where your possessions are. Yeah. Is it the scriptures? Yeah. Yes. So I think the man was not able to separate his heart from his possessions. So that small bit did not qualify him to get into the kingdom of heaven or maybe to qualify him. For the kind of person who should make it to the kingdom of heaven. So I also think that we we Christians or at this age, there are so many things that probably uh, look like very minor or very insignificant, but <coughs> uh, but if we are not able to separate our hearts from them, yeah. maybe separate your heart from the job. For the sake of the kingdom, separate your family for the sake of the kingdom, or you you be able to draw the line uh, where you are where you you, you commit you can be able to commit your heart to uh, to the kingdom of God instead of being so much overwhelmed by other things that is so important being in the family. Yeah. So I think that's I think the I agree. I think uh, um, yeah. true. The 
the narrowness or the wideness of it may not be so much on the literal sense. Maybe, maybe yeah, as you're saying, as you're putting it, it's about the, the deeds, the acts, and yeah, maybe the small, small things we do. Like when you when you're a true Christian, it may look insignificant as opposed to someone who is feeding the hungry, you know, visiting the sick. Those look like big stuff. Everyone has seen. But you, you're kind, you pray, you give your tithe, and these are the principles that no one is seeing. Yes. And I, I think, uh, maybe someone is wondering, I was still discussing Proverbs, we are there, we are Proverbs chapter 3, because we cannot take away sonship from going to heaven and all these things. But now coming back to sonship, I have just looked into the scriptures and I've realized something that um, when we see how the generations came to be, Bible says, and Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Joseph, and so on, and so on, and so on. And at no single point do we see a generation, um, a transition, at your father gave a, a daughter, and the daughter gave another son. Like there's no break where the Bible says, father, 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 then daughter, or then anyone else. It's always a father. Even if, even if not, not an example, um, people like um, Terah, the father of Abraham, he had a daughter, I think. <laughs> or, or, or maybe people like, um, okay, the way you read it, he says, the sons of Shem, Elam, Asu, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then he says, and his son, begot. So it is like, so when I look at the word sonship, I look at, uh, it's like a gate into another generation. So when God is saying, my son, God is looking at this as like a leader. You give, you, you, you leader to another. Now, when an example, when we speak of Abraham, Abraham lived in, in, in his own generation. But now when we wanted to move to the other generation of Isaac, who brought it about Isaac? And that's why he says, and Isaac begot. And then after Isaac was done, Joseph Jacob comes in, right? So when you look at now the word sonship from that context, you see it's all about beginnings. So you as Martin, you're a son. It means you're the whole generation behind you, which is looking up to you. And the Bible is saying, now when we go back to the scripture, it's saying, my son, don't forget my teachings. Because this is the issue. If as a son you forget the teachings of God and you are the one who is beginning this generation, then the, the, then the generation is doomed. And maybe that's why you're suffering in the current world because the people who are supposed to pass whatever they're supposed to pass to us, they slept or they fell in their job. You've not, you've, you've not taught people to pray. You've not helped people to be serious with God. And that's why now we are, we are living in a world that is so perverted. Because I don't see, we're not the first people to be 20s and 18s. What our parents did, what their parents do that we found a generation which is very sober, very committed. Though they may not be committed always, but when they are committed, they are. Look at these old type churches, like in uh, Roman Catholic, the Pentecost, the um, PCA, the AIPC, these old time churches, they are so committed when they, are, when they are wearing red, they do it. But look at us. We want to appear in church with ragged. And we are calling it, and we are calling it, we are, we, and sometimes we speak of, um, yeah, modernization and, 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 and that we are progressive. 
But no, when when you bring all this Westernization and modernization to the church, you rip it off its glory. And the question is, where were the sons who were supposed to tell us, we don't care whether you're Western or Eastern, this is how church is done. And I think that's what the Bible is saying, my son, don't forget my teachings. It may not be even so much of you, but what about your sons, your family, the people who look up to you. And I think that's why this scripture is very deep and it's very profound for people who hold certain positions, not maybe the leadership, but for anyone who is a Christian and they have a true relation with God, it's being told, my son, listen, don't forget what I'm teaching you. Because the time will come when you will be written in the records of history that because of Martin, pornography was stopped in Scotta. Because of what Sam said one time, people respected marriages. And I think that is, I think, it's okay. It's okay.